Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends. And part of making America great again is protecting innocent life the life of every human being from conception to natural death. Uh, this is part of the greatness of America. Brothers and sisters, welcome. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. It is great to have you with us on Praying for America. Welcome to those of you joining from coast to coast. Welcome to those of you joining from other countries. And thank you for your pro-life commitment, because tonight we have to talk about President Trump, abortion, and the path forward to victory. And I mean victory in two ways. Victory in the 2024 election. So we'll look at a little bit about the political dimensions of this. And victory over the culture of death, which manifests itself in many ways. The leftist extremism of the Democrats manifests itself in many ways. The worst of which is their thirst for the unlimited killing of babies. The Democrats are the party of unlimited abortion. And we have to brand them. Uh, and that is a good way to brand them. Uh, you know, they brand us, oh, a war on women, you know, or whatever, you know, threat to democracy. Well, they're the party of unlimited abortion or the party of more abortion. There's more taxes, more, uh, uh, you know, uh, crime. Well, more abortion. And, because, and, you know, you brand them that way because the American people don't want more abortion. The American people are on record, and every survey indicates they want less abortion. In fact, the Democrats used to campaign on that. Remember under Bill Clinton, they said it should be safe, legal, and rare. Well, I want to talk about uh, President Trump and abortion. I want to respond to a lot of, a lot of discourse today about uh, the interview he gave over the weekend. Not enough attention to the great speeches he gave uh, for the Family Research Council and Concerned Women for America, uh, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of attention to this Meet the Press interview. And then, of course, this is part of the problem. Why do we keep taking our cue from the media, the secular media? Why? Why do we let them keep setting the agenda for us and what we're going to talk about? This is part of the strategy of winning, is that we've got to be in control of what we think and what we say and what strategies we implement to win America back again, including on abortion. We'll talk about all this. Okay, let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. Because this passage is pertinent to the whole matter of abortion, which is nothing less than a, a holocaust. Um, starting, let's see, Isaiah chapter 1, starting in uh, verse uh, 15, the Lord is saying something very uh, scary here. He says, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves clean. Remove 
the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless, plead the cause of the widow. Let us pray. Father, we do seek your hearing in our prayers, and we know that As St. Paul instructs Timothy, we are to lift up holy hands, not to just lift up hands in prayer, but to lift up holy hands, hands that are not stained with the blood of, of innocent people. But Lord, in our day, in our age, in our country, our hands are stained with innocent blood. As a million children a year are put to death before they're even born, and that this happens throughout pregnancy. Lord God, help us. Help us to follow you in a culture of life. Put an end to the extreme Democrat policies that push abortion until birth, that want more and more abortion, and that want us to pay for it. Give wisdom to your citizens. Wake them up that indeed, It is the Democrat Party that are the extremists on this issue. Strengthen our commitment, Lord. Strengthen the commitment of politicians. Continue to strengthen the commitment of President Trump as he has exercised it so well over all these years to defend these children, to protect them and their families and our entire nation from the scourge of abortion. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Well, friends, a lot of people have been talking today about President Trump and abortion because of things that transpired over the weekend. I know about this particular area for two reasons. One, it has been my full-time work over the last 30 years to deal with the abortion issue. Full-time, for 30 years, as a national pro-life leader. And we've been very involved in the political scene over all those years. And I was involved in the movement for many years before that having gotten involved as a teenager in 1976, just three years after Roe v. Wade came down. And secondly, when it comes to abortion in relation to President Trump, on both of his campaigns in 2016 and in 2020, and I am happy to help again in 2024, I served on the coalition that his campaign created for pro-life issues. Now, I also served on the Catholic issues coalition. Of course, that intersects with pro-life very much. But the specifically pro-life coalition in 2016, and then again in 2020 when it was called Pro-Life Voices for Trump. And I served as the national co-chair of that particular uh, committee for a while. And that was a great privilege. And I continue to uh, support President Trump. I endorsed him uh, immediately after he announced uh, uh, for the 2024 uh, campaign, and that's not changing. And so this is something that uh, I have been paying very close attention to from the moment he announced for the first campaign back in 2015, been paying very close attention to his uh, stance on abortion, been paying very close attention to what, what not only what he's been saying, but to what he's been doing, has been involved, I have been involved in, uh, the, the, those accomplishments to some uh, extent intersecting with uh, his work as president, as I've been leading one of the nation's largest pro-life organizations, Priests for Life, and uh, have been privileged to speak with so many of his close advisors at length and in depth about the abortion issue. 
and what we can do about it. So I come from a position here of confidence in telling you what I want to um, tell you tonight and in addressing uh, not just the comments that were made, because again, look, he had an, an interview with Meet the Press. I'm going to play a little clip from, from that. But Meet the Press and NBC and any other fake news media are not our intermediaries with President Trump or his campaign. President Trump speaks on his own. He's well capable of getting us a message, and he gets us messages every day. And those of us who are privileged to be part of these advisory committees getting are, 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 have a different lines of communication. We don't go through the fake news media, and we don't, we don't uh, uh, ask the campaign to go through them to get a message to us. So this is the first thing I want to address. No matter what anybody thinks about what he said or what he didn't say or all this yelling and shouting, going back and forth, for goodness sake, when are we going to tell the fake news media, we don't need them? We don't need them. We, first of all, we've got each other right here and right now. We're talking to each other about these things. President Trump has his website. President Trump has his social media. He knows he has his rallies. He has his spe speeches. He knows how to get messages to us without the fake news media being the intermediary. So why do they determine what it is that we're going to be speaking and thinking about relative to, to him and his campaign? That's point number one. As a member of a national co-chair of Pro-Life Voices for Trump in 2020, this was one of the ads. I want to start by showing you a clip that was created by the uh, campaign there in 2020. Let's take a look at it. It has to do with pro-life and abortion. We know that life is the greatest miracle of all. We see it in the eyes of every new mother who cradles that wonderful, innocent, and glorious newborn child in her loving arms. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. Virtually every top Democrat lawmaker also now supports taxpayer-funded abortion right up to the moment of birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. It is wrong. It has to change. But this movement can only succeed with the heart and the soul and the prayer of the people. Let us work together to build a culture that cherishes innocent life. It wasn't that beautiful. And that was not the only ad that uh, the campaign came up with in regard to the president's pro-life uh, uh, convictions. I often point you to the website prolifepresident.com, and there you will see in detail a list of the many accomplishments uh, that he achieved for pro-life. He's a doer. He gets things done that other people have said, oh, yeah, this would be great to do. He actually does it. And this is in record-breaking manner across the spectrum of issues. You know that. I know that. That's why we support him. And it, it But uh, together with getting things done, he actually explains why and how. Now, he brings up pro-life in his rally speeches. He brought up pro-life in his talks over uh, the weekend, and uh, 
let let me show you uh, actually something from a past rally uh, from the uh, from the 2020 campaign. Uh, but it's it's it exemplifies something he has repeated over and over again, and you'll see throughout today's program. You know, the theme that that it's the Democrats who are the extremists on this issue. And we want to save America. We want to make America great again. We have got to stop this radical uh, Democrat focus on unlimited abortion. Again, they are the party of more abortion, the party of unlimited abortion. That's what we've got to be talking about, focusing on, not disputes within our own ranks about where do we draw the line when we have uh, pro-life laws. Very crucially important. Let me show you this little clip from uh, one of the past rallies. Virtually every Democrat candidate has declared their unlimited support for extreme late-term abortion, ripping babies straight from the mother's womb right up until the very moment of birth. How about that? That is why I've asked Congress to prohibit late-term abortion of babies because Republicans believe that every child is a sacred gift of God. Every child. Notice how he said that in that rally speech. He has said that to Congress. He has says that in the in the in the campaign ads. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. This is a man who came to be convinced of the pro-life position, not from the beginning of his public life or his thinking about abortion, but he came to that in very real and sincere terms. And he has explained in other interviews, we don't have time to go into today, the reasons for that. Very personal, direct uh, uh, conviction came about in his mind and heart and soul. And uh, I've had the privilege of praying uh, in his presence and, and, and talking with pastors who have guided him in, uh, in the ways of, of, of God's spirit and the word of life. The man is, is, is convinced of this. He hasn't changed, and it is my conviction he's not going to change uh, in that position. Um, how can you? You come to the position, you come to the realization that abortion is the killing of a baby. He, he, he made it very clear. Abortion, every child is sacred. Abortion is the killing of a baby. Now, Here's a very key distinction I want to make as we go into consideration of what was said this weekend and the different reactions that have been given again about it. It's one thing to look at abortion morally. It's another thing to look at the political implications. You heard him just now make a moral declaration about abortion. I am convinced his advisors with whom I've spoken are convinced and millions and tens of millions of Americans are convinced that that's where he stands morally on abortion. But he's running a campaign in which he's trying to help his party, our party, speak in a politically effective way on this issue. Now, I'm not saying that justifies compromising morally. It doesn't. You don't compromise morally. You become politically wise. Jesus himself said it. you got to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Innocent as doves because you don't compromise the morality of the issue, but wise as serpents because you look at what you're trying to accomplish, you consider where your audience is, and you say, let me talk about this persuasively to lead them from point A to point B 
and to put into place, to succeed in putting in place protections for these babies, even if all the people that are impacted by these laws don't agree with them. Okay, we'll get back to this in a second. I want to show you, therefore, a little, I want to show you the beginning of the uh, interview that he did this uh, weekend, this Sunday, yesterday, with uh, Meet the Press. And because in the beginning of this, again, he hits the theme that we need to be hitting in this election when it comes to abortion, which is, it is the Democrat position, which is the extreme position on this issue. We have to, we have to be hitting two themes. Number one, the extremists are the Democrats. And number two, we are the people of compassion. Those are the two winning points when you're talking about abortion. They're the extremists. We, on the other hand, are the people of compassion. We have compassion for these babies because they're real babies. And we have compassion for their moms, their dads. We understand the circumstances that lead a person to think they should get an abortion. And we understand the pain that comes afterwards. And we reach into that world of pain with the pregnancy centers, giving alternatives to abortion. And President Trump has been a great encourager of the pregnancy center movement. And with the, the efforts of healing people after abortion, the largest ministry for which I oversee Rachel's Vineyard and also Silent No More. But let's look at the first part of this interview then where he hits right away on this crucially important theme. This was not the best answer. Not, not the other one. Where he it says Trump criticizes the other, the other. Roe v. Wade, for 52 years, people, including Democrats, wanted it to go back to states so that states could make the right. Roe v. Wade, I, I did something that nobody thought was possible, and Roe v. Wade was terminated, was put back to the states. Now, people, pro-lifers, have the right to negotiate for the first time. They had no rights at all. Because the radical people on this are really the people, the Democrats, that say after five months, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months, and even after birth, you're allowed to terminate the baby. Okay, there you are. That's what we have to start doing. Now, there are some people then that are going to say, oh, well, they don't, that's not what she tried to say, oh, but they don't hold that position. I'm going to come back to that in a moment and show you the evidence that the Democrats do indeed uh, hold unlimited abortion as their position. They will not, they cannot mention a single instance in which they would be willing to limit abortion. Um, now, Dan Bongino, whom uh, I uh, have a lot of uh, regard for and uh, very grateful for his uh, programming every day, comments very, very well on all these issues. He, like myself, is a strong uh, supporter of President Trump for 2024. Uh, and he, what he said about the other part of the clip, and I'm going to let him comment on, on this too, uh, I, I find I agree with the, the approach that Dan is taking here on this. He says, look, you know, the answer wasn't... Uh, uh, a, a good answer. Now, I'll give my own additional comments on why I think President Trump answered that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're free to disagree. And, and, and President Trump doesn't expect those who support him to agree with him on every single thing he says. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that, we're not, that we don't continue to help people understand what his position actually is. That doesn't mean we don't fight against the media's distortion of that position. And that doesn't mean that we let the, uh, meet the press decide our strategy. But let's listen to what Dan had to say on this. This was not the best answer, and I'll explain why coming back. Listen to this. Mr. President, I want to 
give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand I on think this. they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me what, but what's let going Mr. to President, have to happen is you're going to have to... Listen, you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected, would you sign it at 15? Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. Listen, I wholeheartedly uh, and completely disagree with that position. I just want to be on the record. I just completely disagree with that position. I, I can't reconcile that with faith, with morality. I can't. I, I can't reconcile that at all. I'm sorry. Uh, and I won't. Um, however, having said that, can we talk about this honestly and openly? We're going to bullshit each other. I just stated unequivocally my position. Everybody got it? And that's a full stop period position. That's it. And I'm going to discuss with him when I see him, if he's open to it, how I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Politics is a projection of power. And if we can't defend human life at all stages, and there's no point to any of this exercise. I'm not going to sacrifice children's lives for anyone. Having said that, as I've said to you many, I mean, I can't even, I can't even count how many times I've told you. Donald Trump is not your traditional conservative. Any idiot who tells you otherwise is lying. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean it as reality. Donald Trump is a transactional guy who comes from the business space. He recognizes something that a lot of people don't right now which is the politics of the abortion argument in some places have worked and in some places they haven't. He's trying to kind of, uh, no pun intended, you know, do the Solomon split the baby and it's not going to work. The Democrats are radicals on this. There is no restriction on abortion whatsoever. Up until birth and even after birth, in some cases, Democrats will take none. For Republicans to then say to come, so they're complete radicals out of touch with probably 80% of the United States and they don't care. They are about the projection of their power and their power is about killing babies. That's it. Our side should be just as rigorous on this. And if we're not willing to go and defend that position against people willing to murder babies at nine months, fully formed children, then I'm sorry. Then we don't have a movement. It's useless. We can't defend life. Who gives a shit about the tax rate? I mean, I'm willing to defend you. You're not even alive to pay taxes at that point. Our position is we don't want abortion because it's an abomination and that's it. And we're gonna fight for it. And if the voters disagree, that's fine. Is it gonna be the only thing we fight for? No, because there's a lot going on. But if it don't matter, then I, I can't, you're probably not a conservative. Yes, now look, let me add my perspective to this. Uh, absolutely, if you take those words at face value, that in a, it was a, it was a parenthetical part of his, his uh, uh, remarks brought on by a fake news media uh, person that, oh, 
oh, what's did you would you agree with what he did? Would you support what DeSantis did? Oh, it's a terrible thing. Obviously, it's not a terrible thing to protect uh, babies. As a matter of fact, I want to ask our producer here to add something in here. Let's go to uh, the ch- uh, get the website, childrenbeforebirth.com. That's one of our websites, friends, where you see the pictures of the baby at uh, seven weeks. Uh, these these uh, laws, like, like uh, Governor DeSantis uh, signed, uh, he, I was with him when he signed the uh, the the bill for to protect babies starting at 15 weeks, and then uh, just uh, this year, earlier this year, he signed the one to protect them when a heartbeat can be detected. And you've got to look uh, on childrenbeforebirth.com at what these babies look like. Of course, it's a good thing that these babies are protected. I don't think. First of all, you know, I've been really you know upset today. Uh, at the the rapidity, even yesterday and into last night, people contacting me, oh, look what President Trump said, at the rapidity with which uh, they want to just come out and, and, and sort of just react to this. Look, have you spoken with the president about it? Have you spoken with his with his campaign about it? I'm doing that. I'm reached out to the campaign right away. And you know what? Take a breath, everybody. We're going to be talking about this in the coming days and weeks and months. And it's not time for people to like get this lightning bolt jolt reaction before you can even hear anything else that the president has to say about what he about what he means or any time to analyze it in the light of everything he has said and done. It's like, like can we breathe? And 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 say, look. Obviously, again, I I agree with Dan. On the face value of these words, no, we don't. We don't think it's a terrible thing. I think what Governor DeSantis did is a great thing, and I think everything that President Trump did on abortion is a great thing. And for both, and 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 the point is here that this is a quick statement. That the fake news media, courtesy of them, brings to us, there's no context here. It's terrible. Why? What do you mean? Politically speaking? This is what President Trump has said on many different occasions. That politically speaking, we've got to be careful how we articulate the issue. Because what he's what he's saying there is that... if It's not up to me, to, by the way, to be his spokesperson. I, I am completely confident he's going to clarify this this uh, uh, more in the in the days to come. But the fact of the matter is, he has talked before about the fact that politically speaking, you've got a lot of Americans out there who want less abortion, contrary, of course, to the Democrats who want more abortion. Again, brand the Democrats. It's the party of more abortion. It's the party of unlimited abortion. The American people want less abortion. But politically, a lot of them are going to recoil if the law that they think is being presented to them doesn't give enough room for choice. See, people who are pro-choice, and again, I don't agree with that. I'm for protecting the babies from conception. And you know what? A good dozen states have agreed with that, too, through their lawmakers and through their governors. And that's where the Supreme Court said, and President Trump said, the issue should be decided by the people with their elected lawmakers. And so you've got people with their elected lawmakers saying, hey, we're going to protect the babies from conception. And then other states like Florida under Governor DeSantis are protecting them from the time a heartbeat can be detected, about six weeks. 
And I'm going to show you in a moment the baby at those early stages on our website, childrenbeforebirth.com. Take note of that. Use it. But you see, the point that I'm making is that he's saying politically, if the Republicans go out there and, 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 and the voters across America, you know, it's one thing to govern Florida. It's another thing to govern America. And President Trump knows what it's like to govern America. And while you've got states like Florida and Alabama and Mississippi, Louisiana, and all these states that are protecting these babies, you've got states also like New York and California and Michigan and, and Colorado and New Jersey and Vermont that are, have a, a, a unlimited abortion. And so how do you navigate that? It isn't easy. And yes, you've got to be morally clear on abortion, but politically, he's trying to, this is a man, by the way, the confidence that we have in President Trump, this is a man who can navigate some pretty difficult waters and get things done. I say we give him a chance. He's saying to us in the pro-life community, he's saying to the Republican Party, look, we've got a complex issue here. Let's hammer it out. And people say, oh, well, no, it's a very simple issue. And I've been saying that, too. It is a very simple issue. Morally, you don't kill babies, period. And like Dan said, and like I've been saying for all the decades of leadership I've had in the pro-life movement, no, there's no justification for even a single abortion. But the political conversation is a different universe where you've got to say, okay, we know where we need to be. We know where we want to get. How do we get there? And how do you win in order to be able to get there? To be able to actually pass laws and not just dream about them. This is what he's trying to say. And people can disagree with that too. And that's the point I want to make here. People, some people are saying today, oh, well, President Trump's statement of what's terrible for the, in, in, in reference to the pro-life movement is terrible. I have been and I have led strategy meetings of national and local pro-life leaders for decades including right up to the present, recent meetings that we've had. And the pro-life leaders don't agree on exactly where that number of weeks should be, that where that line should be drawn in terms of a bill. You want to ask a presidential candidate what kind of bill he's willing to sign when he's, when he's the president of the United States? Remember, the United States, how do we move the whole country along? Well, we, the Congress that would present him such a bill after they vote on it hasn't even been elected yet. We don't know what the Congress is going to look like in 2025. Do we need to protect these babies? Yes. Does the, the federal government have a role in protecting them? Absolutely. And I'm going to play you a clip where, where President Trump says that. But what he's saying is we've got to hammer this out. And that doesn't mean the right to life is negotiable. Don't misunderstand this. Because those that are saying, oh, well, you know, morally, I mean, I've been saying that too for decades. Morally, of course, it's not negotiable if you, whether you have a right to life. You think your life should be protected only up to a certain age? You think your life should be protected in Alabama but not in New York? Well, of course, this right is too fundamental to be messing with it in that way. But the fact of the matter is we have a divided country on this issue, and President Trump is simply trying to say, let's sit down and hammer this out in a way that we can make progress. And he's made it very clear what direction he wants that progress to be. So for goodness sake, let's take a breath. Let's appreciate this man and what he has done on this issue for this country. And let's pick up his challenge to hammer this thing out. It doesn't mean the right to life is negotiable. It means we've got a variety of different opinions. And I'm saying to you, 
those same those same differences of opinion and people who would say oh well what governor DeSantis did was is not a good idea i have heard that come out of the mouths of pro life leaders in pro life strategy sessions and this is where president trump also is getting is getting some of this it's like hey he he can say it too he says i know pro life people who don't think it's a good idea right now in the current circumstance to press for legislation early on in the pregnancy now i do and 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 again i'm going to show you some of these early term babies we got to be protecting these babies but don't say oh president trump has compromised his position on abortion or he's backing away from the right to life i don't think he's doing any such thing he's trying to point out the ch- political challenges that lie in front of us and he's not pointing to mal he see here's the great thing we have to understand about president trump he's not pointing out he's not saying oh we have a real political hot potato here with the abortion issue so you know what we ought to back away from it some republicans who are cowards are saying that they say oh people the country is so divided we ought not to talk about it president trump isn't saying that he's saying we got to talk about it the right way He's saying, well, let's sit down at the table. Let's get everybody together and let's figure this thing out. Let me show you these babies. Well, childrenbeforebirth.com. You got to go to this website. Can we show them this, this webpage and, and, uh, and what's on there? Okay, let's just click on that video if we can. First of all, I'll show you this quick video that shows. Let's see if we can maximize that. Can we maximize that? down and right in the middle there it's click on the image of the baby here friends i want to show you a couple of uh, in the middle there the middle pictures of the baby these are some of the most recent pictures and go to the seven week just show the seven week baby full screen look at that brothers and sisters when we talk about the kind of laws that we're pressing for that florida has that many states have protecting these babies from the time a heartbeat can be detected can be detected even before what you see here but these are the kind of babies we're talking about protecting in between the 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 heartbeat bill and and the 15 week bill this is a baby only only 7 weeks following uh, fertilization you tell me that isn't a human child right so it's like okay can we can we be honest here first of all about what people like like president trump are saying and secondly, can we be honest here about what it is we're talking about when we speak about these children protecting these babies? We should be talking about protective laws, not bans. We shouldn't even use the word bans because, again, the American voter doesn't like that. We talk about protecting babies like the one you see right there. Okay, let's go back to full, full, full screen here. Um, so the Democrats are going to come along and say, oh, no, no, we're not uh, – some of these Democrat spokespeople, I'm talking about, like I heard Corinne Jean Pierre say it, I heard Jen Psaki say it. It's oh no, no, the Dem-, and then this interviewer of President Trump the other day on Meet the Press say, Oh no, no, the Democrats they're not looking for unlimited abortion. Oh no, take a look at this little collection of uh, quotes here about what the Democrats do or don't say. I don't think there should be any limitation on abortions. Uh, no, I do not. Yep. Till now, my understanding is there wasn't a limit on when 
in a pregnancy a woman could receive an abortion? Have you set any limit? There on are that? no limits. Is there a cutoff for you before that point? No, to me, it's it, it's a reproductive, it's a healthcare decision. It's up to women to make that decision. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, of that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? My bill would allow that. Yes. Virginia's governor says he has no regrets on his comments earlier this week defending abortion, even as a baby is being born. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mothers. Are you for the what he said or late-term abortion or the moments that he was talking about? where you would keep a woman comfortable after she was giving birth in case she wanted to abort her third-term child? I don't know all his comments, but what I do know is that I am for a woman having the right to make a choice about her own body. State lawmakers in New York approved a law permitting abortion in the state up until birth. Cuomo applauded the legislation and marked the occasion by lighting the spire of the One World Trade Center pink to sell. Do you think there should be any limitation on abortions? So, where's the limit that they're willing to... See, this is, this is a question for you to ask the Democrats. Again, the, the fake news media and the pro-abortion Democrats, you know what they want to happen right now? They want us to be mad at President Trump. They want DeSantis to be mad at President Trump and President Trump to be mad at everybody else. And they want to divide our side of the equation our side of the political spectrum, our side of the abortion debate, they want to divide us so we're fighting among ourselves about exactly what kind of bill do we want a Congress that hasn't even been elected yet to put on the desk of a president and what we want the candidate for that office who also hasn't been elected yet to say about that hypothetical bill. Please, let's deal with what we know for sure. These Democrats don't want any limit on abortion shift the focus to their extremism and say exactly the question that you heard on that on that collection of clips. You ask your Democrat senator, your Democrat representative, your Democrat governor, your Democrat candidate, you tell me what limit you would put on abortion. Just, just tell me where you draw the line. When is it okay to protect that baby in the womb? Exactly when. And the other thing you're going to ask them is to describe what they defend, because they never describe an abortion. They'll be all flowery about the right to abortion, but they won't describe it. All right, I want to show you two other clips before we finish here. And these are from when I was with President Trump back in June. At the end of June, we were together on the very day, which was the one-year anniversary of the, of the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Dobbs decision. We were with Ralph Reed at his Road to Majority conference in Washington, D.C. The president gave a fantastic uh, talk that night. I want to play two clips so we could do them back-to-back where uh, he addressed some substantial remarks in his, um, in his uh, speech. And I want you, again, to notice three things. Number one, his commitment 
to be as pro-life as he was during his administration. Believe me, that position hasn't changed from the end of June to now the middle of September. It has not changed. It's not going to change. Number two, how he focuses in on the fact that it's the Democrat extremism that we have to be pointing out. And number three, how he says, look, we got to hammer this out together. Let's do so. Uh, there's no magic wand to solve this problem. Uh, and that, again, political uh, uh, strategizing does not mean moral compromise, and it doesn't mean you're negotiating the right to life. It means you're trying to negotiate the American people to get behind a winning a winning position. Let's take a look at these two clips. This was, again, back at the end of June, uh, just a couple of months ago. Exactly one year ago today, those justices were the pivotal votes in the Supreme Court's landmark decision ending the constitutional atrocity known as Roe v. Thank you. Conservatives have been trying for fifty years, exactly fifty years. Amazing that today is the day. I don't know. Did you set this up on purpose? Was that done purposely? This is the day, one year. I mean, it's today is the birthday of that decision. Did you do that? I mean, it wasn't just by a fluke, right? I assume you did. Whether you did or not, this is the uh, birthday, so it was pretty good. And Ralph's birthday, too. That was set up, too. Something, <laughs> something strange is going on here. You know what they'll say? It's Trump's fault. Trump's fault. But I got it done, and nobody thought it was even a possibility. They've been fighting. Good people, strong people, smart people have been fighting for 50 years, and it never even came close to getting done. I don't believe they've ever even taken a vote. I mean, never even came close. It was something that wasn't going to happen. I got it done. I get a kick out of these candidates and even the other side. Well, I don't know. I think I'm more pro-life on this. And somebody stood up, a woman stood up and said, this guy ended Roe v. Wade. How the hell can you go against him? And I sort of said that myself, actually. But I'm proud to be the most pro-life president in American history. From my first day in office, I took historic action to protect the unborn. Very historic. Nobody else did anything near what we did. And it put us in such a great position, that victory. That victory, we'll go into it, but that victory is a tremendous uh, victory in so many different ways because they are the radical people. When they're willing to kill a child after birth, they're willing. You know, take it beyond the nine months. They are the radical people. They are the people that are really uh, in trouble with the Lord. I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy. You know what that is. That was a big deal. Nobody else did it. Stop taxpayer funding for abortion providers. And at the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. And I did these things. and. 
I took heat, and I also got great love. I mean, you know, you have two sides to it, but I got great love. And I was the first sitting president ever to attend the March for Life rally right here in Washington, D.C. Thank you very much. But it's so true, the peacemakers. I will stop Joe Biden's inflation nightmare, save the U.S. economy, and I will always protect Medicare and Social Security, which for some very bad politicians, it's under siege. I don't know if you know that. It's under siege by people that tried to do it before. I won't mention names. As your president, I will continue to stand proudly for pro-life policies, just as I did for four strong years. And we cannot in this room, and Republicans, but the people in this room, we cannot be afraid to take on the Democrat extremists. We can't be afraid. We have to be strong and powerful. That's why when I'm reelected, I will continue to fight against the demented late-term abortionists in the Democrat Party who believe in unlimited abortion on demand and even executing babies after birth. These are very troubled people, and the American public is on our side by overwhelming margins. You know, the politicians are going to have to learn to talk about this issue because they are the radicals. We're not the radicals. When you kill a baby after four months, six months, eight months, nine months, remember the governor of Virginia? He said, yes, the baby is born. You lay the baby aside, and then you make a determination as to what you do with the babies. In other words, he would kill the baby after, and you have many. They believe in that. They, that's what they want. They are the radical extremists. We're not the radical extremists. And politicians have to say that. They have to say that because they come out as radical. And the Democrats that believe in this late-term abortion, thanks to the Supreme Court decision of exactly one year ago, we gave those who have long been fighting for pro-life cause negotiating power for the first time ever. You have tremendous negotiating power. Now, with Roe v. Wade, you had none. You had no power. We've now given pro-life people tremendous power to negotiate something that will be happy, that will be good for everybody. And you have power for the first time. You didn't have that power. You had no power. They could do anything. They could kill the baby after the baby was born. They could kill the baby in the ninth month. These are horrible, horrible things to think about. And even other countries, other than two countries, I won't mention their names. China. <laughs> And North Korea. They have very strong limits. But I believe the greatest progress for pro-life is now being made in the states where everyone wanted to be. That's one of, one of the reasons they wanted Roe v. Wade terminated, is to bring it back into the states where a lot of people feel strongly it should be, and where legal scholars feel very strongly it should be, with the three exceptions that I support and Ronald Reagan before me supported for rape, incest, and for the life of the mother. Uh, a lot of people are, are more and more coming into that fold, and uh, it's something you have to very consider. You have to go with your heart. You have to go with your mind. You have to make that decision, but the three exceptions. And Ronald Reagan was uh, there a long time ago, 
And I got through two very successful campaigns. Actually, my second campaign was much more successful. I got 12 million more votes. So I don't know. I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened. However, there, of course, remains a vital role for the federal government in protecting unborn life. And it's very important. And I propose for you tonight, just uh, as I did when I said that, we will win the Supreme Court decision on abortion. Remember I said that during my campaign? Everyone said, that's not going to happen. Nobody thought that was going to happen. But I will fight for you like no president has ever fought before. We'll get something done for the country. We're going to be for the country. We will defeat the radical Democrat policy of extreme late-term abortion, and we will bring everybody together to protect our precious unborn babies in a very, very big way. And now you have the power to do it because we terminated Roe v. Wade. Every child born and unborn is a sacred gift from God. Thank you. But you're in a much different position than you were before. Before you had you had nothing to negotiate with. Today you're uh, you're in the driver's seat, very much in the driver's seat. Under my leadership. Thank you, President Trump. Friends, let me conclude here by invoking again something I said at the outset. Look, uh, we 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 are we are dealing with an issue. First of all, those words that we that we just heard these are not the words of someone who's running away from the issue. Uh, these are not the words of of someone who's compromising on the issue. I have studied and have been involved in the pro life positions of President Trump and his administration and his campaigns from day one, and I'm telling you today, he is not backing away from this issue. What you just heard was a call to engage the issue. And if you're confused, and and some others are confusing you about, oh, is there compromise here? Listen, you heard both pieces of the equation. Every child is a sacred image of God and has the right to life. He said that. Every. Every means every. And then he said, oh, well, at the same time, he's saying uh, exceptions. He's talking politically. He's talking legislatively. He's talking when he says you have to negotiate. He's not saying the right to life is negotiable. Again, I'm not his spokesperson. I'm saying what I've come to understand about his position in working through with with him and, and, and all his advisors and his campaign and his administration in the 30 years of full-time pro-life leadership that I have been exercising. There is a difference between saying that the abortion is okay and saying, will the American people and their lawmakers accept this particular piece of legislation? Keep that distinction clear in mind. Again, I get in a room with pro-life leaders, even they disagree on these points. So, you know, if we don't agree with the, exactly uh, uh, what President Trump is, uh, is, 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 is saying, pro-life leaders among themselves disagree about the strategy. But I think the strategy he's mapping out is clear. We we had and we we have more power now to do something about this because Roe v. Wade said you can't protect the unborn. They were saying even if the people persuade their fellow citizens and vote to elect pro-life candidates, and the people persuade those office holders to pass a particular law, 
the courts would strike it down. They would do all that work and the courts would strike it down. Now when he says we have negotiating power, it means we can sit down with the lawmakers and it means we can appeal to the voters and say, look, we need to protect these babies. And we have to see in every legislative body how far we can get them to go. But if a particular law is going to be passed, well, then you need a majority of that legislative body and sometimes a supermajority. So, friends, please think carefully about this issue. Let's together work on it. I've gone longer today than I usually go, but this is, this is just a crucially important moment for us to take hold of the abortion issue uh, and to continue to stand uh, firm on the moral uh, component of this. President Trump will uh, clean up and clarify those remarks. Mark my words, he will do that. He has not changed. Uh, he's not going to change uh, uh, his commitment to advancing the protection of the unborn, and we're going to continue working with him and with you to bring that about. Let's go back into prayer. Father, thank you for uh, the right to life, uh, which comes from you, and thank you for all the progress President Trump made on this issue and is committed to continue to make. And Bless us as we go forward to protect not most, not some, but all of these children. Every single child is a sacred, sacred gift from you, Lord God, and each and every one of them deserving of full protection. Bring us to that day, Lord God. Bring us to that day when we no longer have people advocating for their death, but only for their life. And we pray as Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Bless you, friends. Thank you, and thank you, President Trump. Thank you all who are involved in the pro-life movement. No compromise, but no unnecessary confusion and battling with one another. Let's battle the Democrats. They are the party of unlimited abortion. Let's bring that to an end. Join me again tomorrow here on Praying for America. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. That's at FR Frank Pavone. We will talk to you soon. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.